Before the Ranger Creed is recited by a formation of Rangers at a ceremony, you always hear the narrator say, Will all Rangers, past and present, please join as we recite the Ranger Creed? Every Ranger will stand, and as they say those six stanzas, they are transformed back to a time when they had the pleasure and the burden of this brotherhood. That feeling is hard to describe. However, it's one that never leaves you. It's a connection that spans the globe and can be reignited when you hear the phrase, Hey Ranger, what battalion were you from? Amongst this formation, there are Rangers that stand out. They are legends of this elite organization, and when their names are spoken, people instantly have a story and for a moment, relive it. Legends of the 75th Podcast wants to capture that feeling and those stories. We want to ensure that these legends, triumphs, and sacrifices never fade away. So sit back with your favorite adult beverage and listen to the stories from the Legends of the 75th. All right, everybody, welcome to the Legends of the 75th, Episode 8. We have probably one of the most historic generals uh, that's ever served in the 75th and definitely um, has done some amazing things and took, uh, you know, the 75th Ranger Regiment and then also JSOC through some of the, the biggest changes that we had as modern Rangers. So our legend for episode eight is General Retired Stanley McChrystal. Uh, if you don't know, he was a graduate of West Point in 1976 with his first service in the 82nd. Then he went on to serve in the 7th uh, Special Forces Group until he arrived at 375 in 1985, where he served as a battalion liaison officer, ACO commander, uh, S3, until eventually becoming 275's uh, battalion commander um, from 1994 to 1996. And then the regimental commander of the 75th from 1997 to 1999. Uh, went on to become the JSOC commander forward and then also uh, back CONUS from 2003 to 2008 until eventually becoming the commander of U.S. and ISAF forces in Afghanistan in 2009 and retiring in 2010. He's also authored numerous books. Every single one of them, if you haven't read them, I recommend not only because they're amazing leadership lessons and stories, and there's a lot of things to take away, but also if you've served in the 75th or any of the special operations community, it's they're very interesting perspectives. Seeing it from his and for many of us and many of people probably listen to this podcast, we were on the other end of it. We were the doers. We were the guys, you know, every night doing the raids. And uh, those books are uh, My Share of the Task, Team of Team. Risk, which is the most recent one. And I just actually finished that about a month ago. And then also Leaders, Myth, and Reality. And then he's also the co-founder and partner of the McChrystal Group. Sir, it's an absolute honor to have you on the podcast to sit down and talk about the special organization of the 75th. Okay, here's the deal. You call me Stan or I'll <sighs> call you Sergeant Major. So we're all <laughs> Ranger comrades. So let's do this. <laughs> Oh, man, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. Okay, I'll try it. I don't know how it's going to feel coming off my lips saying Stan. Like that just... You'll get over it. Yeah, maybe. Okay, <laughs> I will. I will, sir. Well, sir, if we can just start at the beginning, um, you know, and, you know, you have a, a history, a family history of service within the military, uh, going back many generations on both sides of your family, even your wife's side of the family and uncles and everything. 
Um, but, you know, you originally went to, you know, special forces and then made the decision to go to Ranger Regiment, which maybe it was more common back in those days. But, you know, now there, you know, that doesn't happen. You know, it's usually the reverse that kind of happens. There's a few individuals that do, but they're usually enlisted. Then they would come over to the officer ranks and serve within the 75th. So, you know, decision to serve and then also decision to go to Ranger Regiment would be a great place to start. Absolutely. Um, of course, you're right. My my family, my father and my father's father and all my brothers had served in the military, in the Army specifically. And I knew I wanted to go in the Army, so there wasn't much decision there. When I was young, my father and older brother were both in Vietnam. And so I was very aware of special forces then. You know, I wanted to be an infantryman, I knew that, but also remember Ballad of the Green Berets and the movie and all that. And so I was very aware of that. And I was only hazily aware of the Rangers from the old movie about the longest day with John Wayne and all that, the Rangers climbed Pontahawk. But I, when I went to West Point, there was an opportunity my second summer there to go to what they at the time called AOT, now called CTLT, where cadets go out and work with units. Okay. And I got the opportunity to go to A Company, 75th Rangers at Fort Hood, Texas. And that was before they had founded the Ranger Battalions. In fact, it was the summer they were actually forming the Ranger Battalions. And so A Company was a LERP company. And there were only two still in the Army at that point. But I spent the summer working for a company commander, Jeff Ellis, who later commanded 2nd Ranger Battalion, mm -hmm. and a 1st Sergeant Carpenter, who later oh, wow. was the Regimental Sergeant Major. And so I got the opportunity to to be around Rangers and they were special. And of course that was, that was really interesting to me. I didn't experience what the battalions were going to be, but, but I got an idea of just how good uh, Rangers individually and in small units were. And of course the army was struggling then. This was summer 74, I think. And so the army was coming out of Vietnam and, and things were not great. So seeing this company really affected me a lot. I then went back, did my final two years at uh, West Point, came out and was able to go to the 82nd Airborne Division. And so I went and I went to the first to the 504th. And although it was a good experience, we were not a very good battalion. Mm -hmm. This was early 1977. I'd gone through IOBC, the infantry basic course, and then Ranger School. And I came out and went to the 82nd thinking I was going to go to the 82nd of World War II fame. And it wasn't that. Right. It was post-Vietnam and it was a tough time. There wasn't a lot of money. My battalion commander, um, the one I had for most of my time there, was terrible. I mean, he's one of the worst leaders I've ever seen in my life. And we had some good talent in the battalion, but we were much less than the sum of our parts. And interestingly enough, I almost didn't understand that. I knew we weren't very good, but I had nothing compared to. And so after a little less than two years in the battalion, my tactical officer from West Point was down in 7th Special Forces Group, and he was a battalion commander. And he and I spoke, and he said, well, you ought to try this. And so I went down to 7th Special Forces Group. And I had a great two years down there. Now, again, Special Forces was not in its heyday either. In fact, they were talking about doing away with 7th Group and there weren't many missions. And it was five or six years after almost everybody had been out of Vietnam. So 
the special forces, as we used to joke, did a lot of picking up pine cones and there just weren't any serious things to do. But still, it was a good experience because I had, I became a team leader as a lieutenant and I had a tremendous amount of autonomy. Uh, and so with my team, I could do anything. I don't think we did great things, but we did pretty good things and we worked hard. And I got, I had a good experience in terms of independence and sort of starting to learn to be a leader. You know, my first assignment in the 82nd was sort of basics. And then in SF, I got that maturing experience. I made a ton of mistakes, but only 11 other guys saw 99% of them. Right. And that was good. I still knew I wanted to be a ranger, though, because at that point, this was 79 and 1980, and special forces were struggling. But I could see all the talk about the rangers. And I knew that the Rangers had a higher priority and a, a whole bunch of things about them. And so I really wanted to be that. So I went to the advanced course. And uh, the idea was I would go to Korea. And then I could come out of Korea and I could go to the Rangers. So before I went to uh, the advanced course, I went to run the Savannah Marathon with a friend of mine, Eldon Bargewell who later commanded Delta Force, and he had been a ranger, and he'd become a friend of mine there. And so the idea was I'd go run the marathon, and he would also carry me down to 1st Battalion and let me meet people and potentially interview, all of which happened. Ran the marathon and then went and interviewed and got offered a job and said, okay, when you come back from Korea, you have a slot in 1st Ranger Battalion. So I was very happy about that. All I had to do was go to Korea and command a company. Well, I went to Korea and instead I got sent to the joint security area up on the demilitarized zone. Again, a terrible year for me because it wasn't a combat unit per se. Yeah. It, you know, I, I desperately wanted to be a company commander and that didn't happen. And so I came out of Korea very frustrated. I went to the 24th Mech thinking that I'd go to, I'd go command a company as quick as I could and then go over to 1st Range Battalion. And I ended up in the 24th Mech for almost four years commanding a company and then being offered a battalion S3 job after they they denied me going to first range battalion general schwarzkopf actually said no he wouldn't release me even though i've been accepted again to first range battalion he wouldn't release me so it was sort of the low point in my career in my life you know i thought it was all over because you know here i am i wasn't allowed to go to the rangers i you know, been in the army. I enjoyed the 24th. Don't get me wrong. It was a good unit, but mm -hmm. I was desperate to go to the Rangers and he, he stopped me. And so I got kind of bitter. And then I got looked at for major below the zone. And I didn't think anything about it. I didn't think I was going to be selected and I wasn't. So, okay, no problem. And then I saw the list of who did get selected. And all these guys I knew got selected who had less troop time than I did, less things. And I, I got my feelings hurt again. Uh, yeah. And been so, there, sir. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, and I'm, I'm literally, you know, kind of feeling like I, I got no future. And I get a call from a guy named John Vines, who was the XO at 3rd Range Battalion. And he said, I was told that you might be willing to come to 3rd Range Battalion. And I was almost stuttered of myself. What do you mean willing? Of course, I'll come to Third Ranger Battalion. And I'll come like today. This was an excerpt of the Legends of the 75th podcast. 
If you want to listen to the entire episode, go to the show notes and sign up for exclusive membership. Why are we charging? Some of the guests want to know that their stories have a level of protection and can share freely without it being available to the general public. To produce a professional product, it costs money. Your subscription helps us ensure we keep it to the level of what's expected from this elite organization. The podcast is the first phase. We plan to add videos, apparel, Ranger history blog, and more episodes each month. So as Legends grows, you will get more bang for your buck. We don't want to interrupt or muddle episodes with sponsorship clips or ads. Your support is much appreciated. We look forward to building this exclusive group with your support. Rangers lead the way.